1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: All right, the Minnesota Twins was not a fun weekend. Sucked, quite frankly everybody's talking about Vikings football, everybody's pivoting away from Twins Baseball. Whether somebody that just can't pivot away from Twins Baseball, that will be the other Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan, she covers the uh, the Minnesota Twins. She's a beat uh, writer for the uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune. She's joining us here on the Lake Show. First off, Megan, always a pleasure to to check in with you and talk a little Twins Baseball. How you doing?
3: I am good. A little, little... Harried. I just got back from the airport, but I am good. So how are you? How was the flight? Um, It was okay. My suitcase like literally exploded in the Newark airport. So I like made most of the trip with only one wheel. Or, like, one wheel gone, um, which is very difficult. I don't know if anyone's tried to do that. Oh, (laughs) that's the worst. No,
2: whenever you have luggage issues, yeah, that's not fun. That's not fun because everything is awkward about it. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not what I signed up for. This is awkward. I am trying to make sure that I can get to and from where I want to go with janky luggage. And that's not fun.
3: Yeah, and... It was not just the wheel that fell off; it ripped a giant hole in the bottom of my suitcase as well. Oh. And so it was when it was like a like a just a collision of of unfortunate events. But I got to the flight, and they're were like, "We're gonna have to check your bag." And I was like, "I simply will cannot do that." I was <laughs> like, yeah. "There's a giant hole in the bottom, yeah. and it's gonna just there. A lot of stuff's gonna fly out. Like I can't do it." So yep. then I had to like sneak my bag on and then like try to like fit it into one of the compartments. It's like it was I was making a real scene. So anybody in Minneapolis who is on the flight from Newark, <laughs> my apologies for the version of me that you just saw.
2: Well, but. I'll will <laughs> say this, Megan. I don't know who's in worse off shape, your luggage or the Minnesota Twins, because right now the Minnesota <laughs> Twins are just absolutely struggling. And Cleveland, by the way, just defeated um, the Angels five to four, so now the Twins trail the Guardians by five full games. Megan, this is pretty simple. Like worst case scenario occurred this past weekend, getting swept by Cleveland. I didn't think that that was going to be the case, but man, that was um, that was that was a very frustrating weekend for Twins territory.
3: I mean, yeah, 100%. I think the thing that, you know, their their performance has not been great this last half of the season ever since coming back from the All-Star break. But I think the thing that they relied on a lot was we have so many divisional games in that last month of the season and like things are going to change very quickly when you play all those guys like eight times, however many times it is. So, like, you know, there's a lot of good things that can still happen for us, even if, you know, we drop some games at the Yankees or we drop some games at the Dodgers or whatever it might be. Um, so, okay, we were all like, all right. Um, and then they didn't look so good against the White Sox. but like, okay, the White Sox are in third. So, like, this is not horrible. Um, and then they come out of the Yankees, also not a great series, but at least, you know, they're only two games back or so from Cleveland and they're tied with Chicago and – Okay, like, you know, things can change really quickly if you get a sweep here or or you win a couple of games. And then I think it was like first case scenario. So I think it's a lot of, I mean, I can understand the fan frustration and the fact that like, you know, what they've been hearing from the players and from Rocco is like, there's still so much time left. There's so many divisional games left. Like, don't worry. It's going to be fine. And then like the first real test of that. Um, They really failed, and now they're in, like, a five-game hole, essentially, which is still, like, not – it's not unheard of that they can come back from that. Like I said, they do – they go to Cleveland in, like, a couple days and start it again, and they go to Chicago again. So, like, they're going to be playing these teams, so a lot still can change. However, if it goes like this first series did – not gonna be
2: great. Yeah, no, I said it earlier in the show. I said they have to take four out of five from Cleveland. I feel like we're at that point. Like the panic button is being mashed right now by all twins fans, and you have to think like that. Let me ask you this question. Because I saw this from one of your colleagues, Lavelli e. Neal the Third, columnist for the Minneapolis Star Tribune. He says that the twins um do have some excuse because of their injuries. What do you say to that? Do you think that that's, that's a legitimate excuse?
3: Um, yes and no. I mean, I think it's a, like, I don't know. This is like one of those old sports cliches where they'll be like, we have a lot of injuries. That's not an excuse, but, it is, but it's like it is an excuse. Like Like, I would rather you just own it than, like, pretending like, oh, everybody has injuries. It's like, If you got a lot of injuries and you feel like that has deeply impacted your ability to, like, compete, then, like, I don't have a problem with you owning that. And I don't necessarily think of it as an excuse because if it's, like, one or two injuries, like, sure, Um, everybody deals with that. And, you know, there are other teams that are dealing with significant injuries, like the Yankees, like, lost Benintendi for the rest of the season, and that's a big guy for them to have lost right before the Twins series. So, like, big injuries happen. I will say that, like, the Twins do have – a fairly significant amount um like when you're talking about byron buxton someone who is not only like did he just go on the injured list a couple like week or so ago but i mean the days blend together at the end of the season who's to say he could have been on there for like three months and i would have been like oh it's been a week um but like buxton has been injured all year regardless of if he only went on the injured list a couple weeks ago right so He's been dealing with that and has not been himself. And then as soon as he goes on the IL, I think is when you really kind of saw the, the performance kind of take a turn. I mean, Jorge Polacco is another one of those guys that um, has avoided the injury list for all of his career until this season. And then he's been on it twice. And he's somebody that, you know, is a consistent presence for them, not only at second base, but, but also in the lineup. Um, and the rotations had its issues all year. There's like almost like never been a time when all of them have been healthy for like more than one start. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Trevor Larnock was a big bad and he's been out for so long. Ryan Jeffers, like there are a lot of significant people that you can point to um, that are a problem. Now, yes, one could say that if your organization is well built enough and you made, a, you know, smart enough trades at the deadline and all this stuff that you can overcome injuries. Um, so I can see that perspective as well. Uh, but I also think that, you know, if your team is like, you know, your backbone is a couple of guys and you're missing a lot of them. Uh, it just makes it, it just makes it really hard. Um, oh, yeah. And perhaps that is, you know, again, this, I you could open up a whole like Pandora's box here of like, well, they shouldn't have put all their eggs in the Byron Buxton basket because they knew he had injury issues. And then now look at this. And the team's crumbling without him. And like, okay. So that's a whole other like argument that you could make, which I guess I can see both sides of, but it's, yeah, it's a tough situation.
2: All right, final thing for you, uh, Megan, and it revolves around Carlos career, who's actually picked it up here in the last week or so. Uh, it could be too little, too late, but regardless of that and how things shake out this year, I am of the thought that you have to do whatever you can to bring him back. Now, I don't know what the market's going to look like and what free agency's going to look like because there are other guys at his position that will be available and he'll more than likely opt out. We'll, we'll see. It sounds like he likes it here. sounds like he's had he, he's enjoyed his time here. But at the end of the day, he wants to win a championship. I do think that if the Twins were healthier, if they added another arm or two or they can get some of these other arms, Paddock or whatever, you know, you know Molly back next year, that they could be a much better version of what they are right now. But... I am thinking that you run it back with Carlos Correa if he's willing to come back. And if you need to add a million, maybe two to it, then I'm willing to do that. Your thoughts on Correa and would you bring him back?
3: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think if you look at it from the Twins perspective, like they would be silly to not try to resign him. So I think that's obviously like going to be a priority. Um, and they do like he's. Correa's got those options. If they sweeten the deal, perhaps that makes it a little easier. But I do think from the Twins' perspective, like even over the trade deadline, people were asking, like, did you ever think about trading Carlos Craya? Could have got a lot for him on this trade market, and he's not guaranteed to be here next year and all this stuff. And they were like, no, we never considered that. Like, he's on the team. Um, And so I think from the Twins' perspective, they are wanting to keep this guy no matter what. He's a really great locker room guy. He's a great defensive guy. His offense, I know that there's people that have arguments about, you know, he's not really good with clutch hitting and all of that jazz. But, you know, beyond that, he has made offensive impact this year. Um, So I think all of that together points to you should try to resign this dude. Um, From Carlos's perspective, it's interesting. I think if you would ask any of the Twins beat writers for the first, you know, four or five months of this season – if Carlos Correa was going to resign, we would have been like, no, hell no, no way. Like he's going to opt out. He's going to do a go free agency. He's going to get his eight year long-term deal. And like, that'll be that. Um, and I felt that way pretty much until the Houston series um, uh, where they went to Houston uh, like a couple weeks ago, because he did a press conference there and somebody asked like, Oh, like what are you thinking about Minnesota? Do you want to stay there? And he said like, I'm, I really like Minnesota and I would like to be there long-term. And like he said some quote that was like that, that was like, this is this is the place I would like to see myself being able to stay. Yeah. And I feel like if you didn't really want to do that, you don't have to answer the question that way. You know, you could just say like, Oh, you know, like that's after the season business. Right now I'm focused on winning a championship this year. And then we'll discuss my future, you know, after the season, like that's a very easy cop-out to make where you don't really commit to one side or the other. But for him to have said, like, oh, no, I see, like, this is the long-term place that I would, I would could see myself, like, being in, kind of says something. Uh, so I do think that there is a chance that he does stay. I think something as well that makes that interesting is the fact that uh, the free agent market with shortstops is going to be a little tougher this season. Like, Trey yep. Turner is your, your number one guy. And he's going to get a bigger deal than Carlos Gray. His numbers are better. Um, and so if you're somebody who wants to get a record deal – and you're going to be going up against somebody in your position who's probably going to get more money than you because they're coming off a better season than you. Then it's like, OK, like perhaps you should wait another year and take, you know, the kind of tie over deal for another season with the twins and then improve your numbers and then come out and, you know, maybe a better free agent market or get your numbers a little better and then get that, you know, really big number that you're looking for. Yep. so I think that helps the cause too but it also it also depends for him if he's like a long-term stability guy some people are really into just like you want the longest deal and you don't really care if it's the record deal or the most money but if you can get like your eight years or whatever it is uh, that security means something to them I'm with uh, you. I think Carlos Cray is a big enough name that like perhaps I don't think he needs to worry about having like a long-term future in the league but maybe he is, or maybe that is important to him. You know, he grew up in Puerto Rico where he didn't have the advantages that he has now. So I'm sure that there are parts of him too that, that would like that as well. So yep. it could still go either way, but I do think that there is more hope to Carlos Correa being a twin next season now than there was, you know, a couple months ago.
2: Give her a follow on Twitter at TheOtherMegRyan as Meg Ryan covering the Minnesota Twins for the Minneapolis Star Tribune and joining us here on the Lake Show. Hey, Megan, always a pleasure, and I'll talk to you soon.